We finally picked up enough clients for one of us to leave our jobs. He's got three kids, I've got two. Sure. So we've got to make a decision here. Sure. At the same time, I got an offer to stay okay. at the bank, right? So you got an offer to stay. Yeah. And you got this decision like, you got to make. Yeah. And my wife is like, oh, so you're going to stay at the bank. Obviously, ah, like, okay. well, it's kind of what you said, right? It's like, well, it's comfortable. You know what the path is. Right. But, or you think you know what the path is until you realize that it could be taken away from you. So, uh, welcome, Moes Bawania, <laughs> to the Breaking uh, Podcast. It's good to have you here yeah. and uh, have you share your story uh, about how, you know, you were able and are still able till today to work on your development by helping others develop on on their on, on, or helping others work on their development. So thank you, Mohammed. Yeah, pleasure <laughs> to be here and be with someone who uh, inspires me so much. It's really, I don't know. It's interesting, even with our kind of like connection that we've had, right? Yeah, from a soccer field, which yeah. neither one of us intended to meet each other on, right? It just we happened to be on a team together. Yeah, and. Um, Recently, I actually looked at that picture again. Oh, yeah? It was blue-colored shirts, I remember. Yeah, I think it was. That's so funny. Right? Like, uh, was that Man City? No. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it was. Not exactly like Man City. But, yeah, it was a good team. And the the team played really well together. And I was like, I always remember. So here's kind of like what what I recall of Moyes, right? Was like, okay, so there's this really, like, classy guy (laughs) who who plays D with me. Yeah. And um, never had a. There was never ever that I ever sensed like a negative vibe mm. coming from you. Okay, I'm sure you get this a lot. <laughs> no, I. It's I, so funny. I would ask your wife. Probably she would say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's never yeah. like a negative vibe coming from you. Yeah. And I think that is like, I'm like, I mean, yeah, I don't think of it right away, but as I recall, I'm like, yeah, there's never been a negative vibe I get from this guy. And then even after. Uh, you know, years go by and you, you know, on somehow on social media we reconnect. Yes. You then yes. start this business that you're into today. And we we meet a couple of times, I don't know what, or once. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, obviously this guy is going to do great. Mm-hmm. What I didn't understand or didn't see at all it's like, you know, like there's a, if we were to equate it to like water, like there's a surface and it's like calm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? It looks calm up here. Right? And what I didn't know was all of the stuff underneath that, that it's like uh, you, have a, you have an interesting past and, oh, I can see now why you might even have a doubt about something. Yeah. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, I find that so interesting because a lot of times when people just look at us, they don't know. Like the rest of it. So if somebody yeah. were to have met you today, like I was shocked when, when you talked about, was it in one of your, somewhere I read or you said it to me about when you were growing up and, you know, how things were back then. Yeah. So were you born here? I was born in Dubai. Uh, but it's, by the way, interesting about soccer uh-huh. because, you know, even though you're saying like I was, you know, came across with a positive vibe, right. I'm so competitive. <laughs> In my mind, really? I'm just like, you know, angry because you want to win that game. You never showed it. But what, yeah, so I think that's what it is, right? It's like, but outwardly, you're trying to be uh, stable and patient and calm uh, because, you know, there's a team. 
But were you actually processing that? Okay, I'm mad and I'm not going to show it? Or were you just like, was this how you dealt with it? Because you know me, when we were playing on a soccer field, I would show it, man. I would be like, oh, over here. I got got a great vibe from you, though. I got like, (laughs) yeah, that's why I always thought of you as like the leader of the team uh, by action uh, Mm. and then also by words. And for me, it was just more like, just do your thing, play a good game, and don't let your team down. Mm. Uh, Yeah, so I don't know if it was intentional that way. But I feel like I always said, okay, outwardly, I don't want to get angry at people because I know right. it can demotivate them sure. and get them down. But internally, yeah. I was going through all these things. You were, eh? Of course. I yes. don't know. It just looked like it was yeah. like you were... So, so, so like it's like the deeply intelligent that don't ever get out of their sorts, you know, and yeah, their temperament so. is great. So you've had all that. That's is, is my image of you anyway. But you were saying Dubai. So that's where you were born. Born in Dubai. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we moved to Canada when I was seven. Seven, okay. Yeah. So grade one. So was Dubai at that yeah. time like what Dubai is today? Or was it, it was, still like this like, yeah, this place in the desert somewhere? I don't think it was that. No, it wasn't at that built time. Built up. Like, like a, in, the, in the mid-80s, it was not built yeah. up yet. Uh, I think that was closer to like, what, like early 90s? Maybe? Yeah. yeah. So you never tasted the, the glitz of Dubai or saw the glitz of Dubai? Or was it still there around that time? I was so young. I was like, you know, yeah. less than seven. Yeah. What so do you my, recall? my glitz of Dubai was, uh, <laughs> that's uh, taking me so far back. So, like, you know, the Range Rovers like, now, everybody yeah, yeah, in Lamborghinis. Exactly. No, was there, there, it that. wasn't any of that. I think we had a Datsun, if you remember. What <laughs> yeah, Datsun I know what a Datsun was. is. Yeah, I remember. It was, I shouldn't uh, say like, I remember, but like I remember. Like the Toyota Corolla right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but my memories from Dubai are my, uh, my parents in the house of a family uh-huh. in the neighborhood. Because, okay. uh, you know, Indians, there was, uh, you know, some... Indians there, and there was a growing population of yeah. sort of these immigrant workers coming yes. to Dubai to make yeah. a living. Yeah, and so every Friday night we would go over to one of my dad's friend's house, and he would have like a tabla and a harmonica. Yeah, and they would be in a circle, and they would all be singing songs oh. and playing music, and it would be this like really fun get together. And the kids yeah. would at the time be playing Atari, of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh my and God. Uh, other games yeah. that probably no longer exist today. So those are my memories of, you know, Dubai. It's sort of like that really family and community feel with immigrants that had come over. Yeah, I hear that a lot um, because you couldn't really, with the rest of society, there was such a huge huge disconnect, a huge gap. So then the ones that you do know are even more intimately connected, right? Exactly. So you leave that and you come over straight to Canada, was it? Yeah, we came straight to Canada uh, and my... Father was a banker in, in uh, Dubai. Okay, but you come here obviously, and you're uh, you don't have Canadian experience. Canadian experience, I you know that one. Yeah, we can go yeah. through that, right? Yeah. And you don't have a Canadian education, right. and so you're like, you know, you come with some money because you know that you have to start a business, and that's how you get accepted. Okay, uh, and you're doing it for your kids' education, right? Right. So. Uh, you know, like a lot of uh, Indians back then, it was a convenience store. Uh-huh. So Gateway Cigar Store in uh, Markville Mall. Uh, that that was stop. That was you guys started. That, that? was us. Yeah. No way. I, yeah, I I feel like we did start it, but we had bought it. Mm. And, but it was one of the yeah yeah. We were probably like the second or third owner. It was quite early on. Okay. And now that that mall has sure. really evolved. Uh, so yeah, I have some early memories as like uh, a very young child uh, stalking. You yeah. know, yeah. the we convenience could work at our dad's, stuff. Whatever yeah, they exactly. Did. You do that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then we moved to uh, Thorncliffe Park. So when you had just moved, right? How old were you that that time? Seven. So you're seven. Yeah. So what grade is that? Like three or two or something? I think that's like grade one going into two. Yeah. yeah. How was that like? 
Uh, you know, you come here, your English isn't very good. <laughs> Okay. So right away it's like well ESL English is a second language. Okay, so you did take ESL. Well, that was listening uh, to you talk right now. You're an <laughs> ESL student. Yeah, That's exactly. interesting. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I, I think we were we weren't actually placed in ESL, but they were sort of talking to us about that, right? And saying right. Let, let's assess you and okay. and so it's such a different experience than in Dubai where you're like you know I think we were in a private Montessori school. Yes. And then you come here and, you know, it's sort of a shift just because mm-hmm. of where you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, you feel like an outsider. There's a bunch of people that have been friends, you know, from junior kindergarten onwards and we're coming into this environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the so kings of the hill to... Yeah. Right? Yeah. To okay. the new kids on the block. Aha, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And back then, those guys were popular. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> the new kids on the block. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's why we like them so much. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, so, so there's this... Right away, there's this gap in... in the language, and yeah, that's not your only challenge. <laughs> no, I and uh, back then, and I, I don't talk about this a lot, but I had a stammering problem as well. Okay. I still do a little bit, and so when you are already at a bit, bit of a disadvantage with your English language skills, and then you have this sort of stammer when you get, uh, I feel like I think faster huh. than I speak. Really? So when I try okay. to speak and catch up to my my thinking, okay. and if I don't manage that, then I, you know, start going down this path, right? Okay. Or at least I did when I was a kid, and so I have a whole story about that I could share if you want, but uh, uh, yeah, so, you know. Uh, this is the time that you were seven years old, six years yes, old, you move here. Yeah, grade one. Is that yeah. when you start realizing that this is, or you ever feel like there's something different about me aside from the language? Is there ever, like, was that, that was it such a, yeah. Like amplified to you? Was it so amplified to you? Or how did you realize, or how did you think that you had a stammering thing? That you, uh, well, I think that definitely it was pronounced enough. Okay, that uh, the first time I realized it was when I was made fun of. Okay, and uh, I was in grade two, but I, I can remember this still. Like it's in my mind, and yeah. there's some couple of kids on the side, uh-huh. and uh, we used to play this game called spying on other people. Okay. And so I was part of this game. Okay. So I am a victim, but I'm also a culprit, okay. right? Uh, because mm. uh, I would be in the position where if somebody else was doing something, I'd be like, look, let's spy on that person. Okay. And then we would sort of laugh. Ah. And then I was now subject to being the victim. And okay. so it's very interesting being in that position. And then you're like, wow, that's such a, a cruel thing to do to be a culprit because yeah. now I feel what it's like to be a victim, especially when it's sometimes even your own friends yeah. that are doing that to you. Hmm. Uh, so that was when I, I sort of knew as a kid that I had this thing that I had to deal with. Okay. Then I had to go to these speech therapy classes. Uh, Wednesdays at uh, 3.30 p.m., the, uh, there would be an, an uh, announcement mm. in school saying, boys, please come down to the office. No, okay, okay, it would be the come and down to the office. Come down to the office, but like everybody knew like oh. that boys is going down for the speech therapy class, oh, okay. but it's like, you know, my my class, and so they, they announced it for a couple of times, and then I just knew, so they wouldn't announce it, but it was embarrassing, of because course. everybody knows this guy is going to this special class right. to take, you know, to work on this problem that he has. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was, that was sort of where I felt, okay, that's a bit different. Huh. Yeah. And, um, and so as you're going through it, you talked about the, the kind of like the, the reactions or uh, the behavior of others towards this particular sort of, you know, us a characteristic or quality. I consider a quality yeah. that you can think faster than the average person. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like how I see it now, right? Yeah. But you think fast. That's a, 
That's a good thing. But obviously, right? That's not what they're going to say. No, for sure. Um, what I will say is that experience taught me a lot, Mohammed, because going to the speech therapy class, right. now I'm around five or six other kids okay. that have it way worse than me. Okay. So when you're in your little bubble mm. and your friends who don't have that issue, right. then you have it like really bad. Right. And then you go into this environment and you're like, everybody is the same, right. but actually has it even more difficult than you do. And then you kind of thank your lucky stars for mm. where you're at. And you say, how am I going to help others as well? How can I be someone here who's like positive? Like I, I was thinking about really? that as like a kid. Really? Yeah, because I saw this kid. That. Well, I can see myself in them. And I'm like, I, if I have it bad as huh. a victim, right. how bad does this kid have it at school? Like I couldn't even you know, imagine that. Right. So uh, I, remember, I can remember even now, like at that early age, I was like trying to talk to some other, of the other kids, but also being self-conscious and saying, I don't really want to be here. I don't belong here. Uh-huh. There's all these conflicting feelings. You have of ego, right. pride, right. right, defensiveness, right. and then also, you know, kind of trying to use that in a positive way, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I understand it 100% when you say it that way, but to, it's funny you talk about the spy game, right, yeah. and the culprit and the victims, and you participate. We, we all did. It's a playground, yeah. right? It's yeah. a playground, and we didn't read books back then on you know all these things that we've read since then um, on on etiquettes or behaviors or whatever. So we're we're kids and we're new to this whole place. So we got all this adjusting to to do. So we're looking for our successes wherever we find them. And even if it means going to the level of okay, well there's a victim. Let me feel strong by doing this. Yeah. Um, so it's it's very common that it happened. But when it's on you, you you started talking about it, but then you. You didn't tell me the whole story, so I was yeah, curious well, about that. Like the first time I remember, where I and um, and so they're now they're like talking about you on that playground. Yeah, so actually it was in the classroom, and I just okay. I just noticed it right because it was one of my friends who huh. would normally be with me. Okay, I just sort of noticed him in this sort of other group. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then it and I, like I got this like feeling of like whoa! I just kind of like it just pull the carpet from underneath me. What do you mean? Because you feel like, okay, because you have a friend circle, let's say you have like two or three people, right? right? And then one of those people now is with the people that are... Oh, like a betrayal kind of... It's like a betrayal. Oh, okay. You know, and when you're seven, that's everything to you, right? Oh. You're like, oh, my my two best friends in the whole wide world, I was right. going to conquer everything with them, and now yeah. one of them is spying on me. But, uh, you know, that didn't last long, actually. Uh, him and I are good friends today. <laughs> of course, kinda, you're totally, yeah. No, you're, right? you're friends which, with it, well, and you make good, good out of it, right? But The part about... But at this, that moment... Yeah, at that moment, it was tough. Uh, the part about the, the stammering that I think now when I look back, and I, and I talk to some, of, some people about this who have the yeah. same issue that they've dealt with, is right. it enhanced my vocabulary yeah. beyond the level that most people have because I had to find words to switch out for words that I more frequently stammer on. Okay. So, so that's the strategy. Unbelievable, right? Huh. And so now, if I'm trying to write something, I can probably come up with wording pretty quickly. Yeah. And I see that it's difficult for others because they haven't had to deal with this. And it's been, it was painful growing up because I had to always find a switch, a switch, right. a switch. But it's this thing, years and years of doing that yeah. has kind of created this vocabulary and this ability to do that. Yeah, you've mastered uh, it. Well, I, and, I, and I didn't really think about it that way <laughs> yeah. until like probably a couple of years ago. Right. When I was starting to talk to a couple of people with the same 
uh, quality, as you called it. Hmm. And when we started talking to each other, and I said, well, what do you see as the positive hmm. out of that? Because I'm always trying to look for that sure. now. Uh, as an entrepreneur, I feel like you just have to look for positives. Uh, <laughs> there's so many you know, ways not to, uh, not to be positive. So that's when I started to realize, yeah, my vocabulary got much you know, bigger, and I'm actually much more calm and patient when I speak now because I practiced that for 15, 20 years. So when you go back to that time you talk about in the classroom and you, you have this sense of you know, betrayal, it, it's funny, it doesn't necessarily have to happen just when you're seven. It can happen like that at any, oh, for sure. at any age. Um, you know, sometimes, you, you know, whether you're a teenager or even a full-grown adult, you think somebody's on your side, and then all of a sudden you see them on the other side of something. So that never really changes, but I think it's it's way more. It feels like the end of the world when you're seven years old, man. Totally and you remember does, that. Yeah. And then, like, yeah. so what? You just next day, you just back back to friends again, or how? Like, what happened next? Yeah. So, uh, well, I don't think it was that immediate for <laughs> yeah. me, especially <laughs> right. for for him. It, it kind of might have been because uh-huh. he didn't see it as a big deal. Because when you're not the victim, you don't see it as a big deal. Mm. So it's once you're in that, and so I think for me. It was just like, okay, so he now... So he comes right back to you the next minute, like, hey, what's yeah, up? Yeah. And you're like, uh... I was like, yeah. So, <laughs> because, you know, you can sort of see them and then you, you, you know that's how this game works. Okay. Right, that you sit there and you spy and then you kind of laugh and then you've done it. Mm. <laughs> so you know what the game's like. Mm. But, uh, you know, it took, I think it probably took a few weeks and then I was sort of back to normal and he didn't do it again. It was mm. just, and it was just once. Okay. But imagine now, 30 yeah. years later... Yeah. I remember that one time Moment. where it was like three minutes or whatever it was. Right. So, yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah. So when you were going to these classes, I found that an interesting reflection as well. So this is something that you're going through while you're going through school. Yeah. Um, and while, while you're going through these classes, uh, you know, you first, like you say, you first realize, okay, um, I, I'm in this circumstance. Um, and I'm going to, uh, and there are people here to support me. And to help me. That's also a really reassuring thing Yes. at the same time. Um, to even have that is, yes. is a big blessing. Um, but when you're going through it, tell, tell me more about it. Because I, I got to say, it, it doesn't matter if it's that or anything else. Yeah. To me, it's like when we're in those moments where we're like, okay, we feel that we're the underdog in some way, right? Or the, it, it's definitely not a level playing field right now. Yeah. I'm at a disadvantage. Um, what were the thoughts like when you're going through that as, as a young person? I mean, uh, were there, did you say, yeah, I'm going to conquer this thing? Or like, how did it feel? You told me you were going to dig deep, huh? <laughs> this uh, is, you know, I've really got to tell you, because yeah. for me, um, I've been there as well. Yeah. And I know when you talk about, like, for example, just not being able to speak the language, that's challenging enough. Um, in, in the years that we, we first arrived to, to Toronto and Canada. Yeah. Um, and it was new for a lot of people to see somebody who didn't speak the language so well as they did, um, who didn't know all the cultural stuff that they know, um, you know, race, religion, so many of these other kind of things, cultures, right? Not being as, you know, today is the internet, just YouTube and you see everything you want or whatever. Yeah. But back then it wasn't the same. And what I, I find is that learning from each person in terms of what their immediate reactions were and how they went from that before the the moment they picked up. Yeah. I find that to, to be interesting because I think that's very helpful to me and to a lot of people. Um, most people skip over that part. Yes, for sure. Because they're like, uh, either they don't want to relive it 
Yes. But what yeah. I find is is that um, when I look back on it, I kind of see like that as like the moment that you earned your badge, man. <laughs> Yeah, like it's it's, it's a for, real. Yeah. That's when the 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 yeah. true champion is made in that moment. It's yeah. I don't I don't I always say like the champions are like get the trophy later, but yeah. the champion was made in that moment, and I so I I re look at these moments over and over and over again, because uh, I'm like yeah wow that was not easy man, and it reminds you that you, if you can do that, <laughs> you know the other There's, stuff looks easy for sure yeah but maybe it was easy. Uh, yeah, you know, um, I definitely agree with you. Even as a seven-year-old coming to Canada, not really knowing what's Can- what is Canada about, yeah. being able to go to those classes back then, yeah. it was actually, I hated going to those classes yeah. initially yeah. because it's the thing that pulls you away from normal yes. and takes you away from what everybody else is doing and, and, and everybody knows that you're going, right? Mm. But over time, as you see that going to that being around others that are, you know, have this shared lived experience that you do, uh, it actually made me so grateful for going there. It was, it was strange just over time. And I actually realized, because I think my parents had mentioned, they're like, oh, this is covered. And I'm like, I don't really know what that meant, but it's paid for, basically. Right. Right. So I had a taxi that used to pick me up. Huh. So they would frame it in a positive way. They'd say, look, you get a taxi, oh. picks you up from, oh, wow. it's like a chauffeur, yeah. takes you to uh, this place. Right. And this therapist, who is probably being paid quite well per right. hour, is spending time with you and six other people. Uh, and we've applied for this program for you. So it's for my parents to even admit that their kid had to go through this. Yeah. It's probably a big deal to talk to the school about it as Indian parents yeah. who are always like, you know, high achieving and yeah. You know, don't talk about what's hard. Talk about how you're going to figure that out and be successful. So for them to probably admit that their kid was going through this couldn't have been easy. Uh, But but, you hated it to start with. Yeah, hated to start with, but got there. And through listening to what they were saying and my own realizations, I was like, wow, it made me really grateful for Canada. So I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, absolutely. Because that, like, to me, like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, uh, that's, I think, where I got my, like, real passion for Canada mm-hmm. was through that. And then, obviously, as you grow up and you reflect on the opportunities you got as a family, your parents, and your education, yeah. and the passport, because I've traveled quite a bit after that and seen what the, that Canadian passport yeah. uh, does for you uh, and, and how people respect it, right. that also kind of gave me that. But anyways, going back to yeah. uh, that time and how I sort of, how I felt I have to think about that for a second because sure, I haven't really thought time. about it in too much detail. I have to like go back there. Yeah. So I remember the taxi would drop you off. You would go upstairs, a flight of stairs, uh-huh. and you would sit in like a waiting room mm. with these other kids as well. And the first time, you know, you're there, you're not talking to each other. Mm. You don't actually want to be there with this other person, mm. right? Because you're like, you're, you know, I don't, I'm not like you. You're not like me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have that problem. You, in your mind, you don't want to think that you have a problem, right? You're just here. I don't know why I'm here. So the starting point is that you have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not really Something's here wrong for anything. You. I just need to go home. Like, yeah. I'm here because somebody told me to be here. Oh, got it. And so oh, we're okay, all like in denial this, kind of like. Yeah, it's oh, like, okay. honestly, it's like sometimes going to like a therapist. Right. I mean, that was a therapy. Yeah. It was a speech therapy. Yeah. Or so if you're going for a therapy for, of some other kind. Sure. You're like, you know, usually if it's like, you know, couples therapy, yeah. one person kind of wants to be there. The other person's like, I don't yeah, know why we're, we're here. We're, yeah. we're all good. Yeah, 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 100%. <laughs> right? 
Yeah. So I was like, yeah. So we, we were all that person in that in that relationship, pretty much. Mm. Like we're all good. Mm. Um, but as time goes on, and you start talking to the therapist, you're like, oh wow, I'm not actually. I, I have some opportunities here, and I can see what success looks like. So you go from you actually experience denial. Yeah, basically. To then acceptance yeah. of, I got I, I got some work to do here. Yeah. Yeah, and I think when you uh, you know they would they would ask you uh, they what, would what give converted you into into that from, to, from, from thinking that. Yeah. so like the first yeah. step is like you know like we we feel or we hear something's something's not right something's wrong and then obviously nobody wants to be wrong so yeah. no I'm not wrong there's nothing wrong with me right so there's that yeah and then there's like I'm going to work it doesn't just happen like do you recall like was it like what finally starts getting you to think that to accept. Because that's the beginning of the progress right there. That's where success starts. Yeah. I think that uh, it does come down, I know we've talked about this a lot, to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people around you, it comes down to the encouragement from your parents, and you just trust the process. <laughs> you see, Yeah, yeah. You see the, the, the therapist, and, and you think they're going to be tough on you in a way, or like be like your friend's. You know, maybe who uh, spy on you uh-huh. or whatever else, but actually they're so supportive. Huh. And, and so the first couple of times you're like, this is not real, right? This mm-hmm. is not real. There's some ulterior motive here. You're not sure okay. about their intentions. Okay, that's how it felt, right? Okay. Yeah, at the beginning, you're not yeah. sure, right? You're yeah. like, am I here? Because I honestly thought, I'm like, is this like a government program? <laughs> so this is as a seven year old when you're reading these crazy, like, you know, chapter books and you're just starting out. And uh, you're like, is this like a government program to bring all of us together and like condition us? And honestly, I thought about all these wow. things because I was going into this room with all these people and they had, a, they had this whole approach that we had to go through. And then over time, I kind of realized that, uh, okay, you know what, this is... So I think when you see the evidence, you know, I'm, I'm an analytical thinker, I think. Sure. Uh-huh. I'm an accountant, right? right so right. I like kind of add up all the numbers and uh-huh. say, does this all, you know, reconcile? Right. So when I take it back and I was sort of actioning it, uh-huh. the approach, I could see it working okay. at, with, you know, my, my classmates and in life. And so then I went back and I said, okay, I'm going to give it, you know, a shot. Interesting. And then after that is when you started seeing, like, so now you're like engaging. Before exactly. you were not even engaging. That's right. And then you start engaging. And when you first start engaging in it, uh, in any sort of self-development, and this is really all it is. At yeah, the end of the day, true. It's a form yeah. of self-development yeah. um, for people who've got great qualities, who yeah. think faster than they say something. Okay. <laughs> um, I still don't see the problem, right? But, um, but you, you start engaging and you start now sort of saying, okay, now I'm going to work on, on these things. Um, did you at any time when you're looking at this ask yourself, like, how am I going to get to the end or have any doubts about changing the condition or being able to see that progress? Or did you see progress like and saw like, oh, there we go. There's my path. No, actually, uh, that's a great question. Because there were people on the spectrum okay. at different places, right? Uh, there was almost this fear of getting to a more challenging place if you don't take care of it. Right. Right? And that's what I had heard as well from okay. therapists was that like if you are able to implement some of these practices and really try, then you're able to train your mind okay. to think this way. Okay. You can get better. And it's like a huge exponentially better 
sort of place than you are today because you're young enough that we can take care of it. Mm. But uh, so that you can see other kids, right? And you're like, okay. Uh, so yeah, it wasn't uh, kind of going, going back to the sort of the point of uh, how did I get to that place? Right. It, was, it was a fear of not getting worse in a way. Okay. Because you can yeah. see that around sure. you. Sure. And then also, uh, yeah, I think over, over time, being the underdog that you described before, you're like you have to find it within you, right? So as even as a kid, I, it was it was this sort of like uh, defensiveness that I had within myself. Mm. So I'm like I'm going to be the one to make it work, even if everybody else is sort of saying the competitor started. Yes, oh. exactly. And maybe that's some of the you know stuff that went up on the soccer field. Yeah, it comes back that guy. Yeah, and he says no, I'm going to be the one. You know, I don't want to lose this because I've seen what really really bad could look like. But I love what, how you just used like fear in a really cool way. I mean, uh, you know, when, when, whenever we're in a tough position, you just said, like, it was, it was profound, uh, that if you didn't do something, there's the fear of it will get worse then. Yeah. And that pushes you to get out of this position. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I think now that I, now that I think about it as a, you know, when you're in business or in life, right? right. Whatever you're doing, um, when you can sort of, because you've been down that path before, not yeah. just with this, but other things in life, failures, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or as we call them, opportunities, right? right? When you've experienced some of the, the, the lows and you know how it can go and you start to notice the triggers right. on the way down, then you start to realize, okay, I better catch that early yeah. because I know how low I can go. Okay. Especially when you've gone, you know, down that path a and couple of times. And you're seeing others that are kind of like worse off in some ways. Exactly. Right in front of you. For sure. To the point where you're even thinking you could mentor them and help them. So you're seeing yourself as a potential like source as, as being able to help them. That's the So part that you don't that have I, to focus yeah. on your own. <laughs> yeah, maybe, right? I don't maybe know. That's I'm, what I'm wondering. Now. Is that? I wonder. Yeah, that's a good question. I, uh, I remember very distinctly when I was at Wilfrid Laurier and uh-huh. it was our undergrad and it was my first co-op trip. There was a uh, an ambassador from one of the schools, you know, no names, but I'm sure if you're sure. watching, he'll probably know who he is. And he had a uh, stammering sort of, you know, problem, right? Sure. So I was like, oh, I kind of identified. I said, this is awesome. Because huh. I feared I would not even get a job because I'm in an interview and I stammer once or twice and they're like, oh, I'm never putting this guy in front of a client. Okay. It, that's how bad it was, okay. like, you know. And so when I see this guy, and I'm like, oh, wow, he's huh. at this like senior manager position at like a big four firm. I, so I go up and I talk to him. Huh. And I stammered uh-huh. during that conversation. And it was this is weird. years after. This is, this is like, I'm, uh, you yeah. know, I'm like 18, yeah. 19 years old. And I just noticed like a bit of a change in his behavior. And it was just, I felt, what again, it mean? was like this betrayal because I'm like, this guy's like me in a way, and, or, 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 or at least I thought I was like him. Okay. But he sort of like turned away and he talked to somebody else. Now, maybe I'm inferring something from that. Maybe, I don't know, I smelled or something else. I don't know. <laughs> I just thought it was odd that like in that moment, as soon as I had huh. that, uh, he sort of seemed to be disengaged. Huh. And I felt what you just said is maybe he didn't want to deal with the fact yeah. that there's someone like him. Huh. And that... It's like a subconscious reaction yeah. to people like you because you don't want to recognize that part of yourself. Yeah. But kind of twisting that the other way is, like you said, why are you now trying to share with others or, or talk to others about it? 
Uh, well, what's I that actually, familiarity breeds contempt or something? Yeah, <laughs> something like that, right? Maybe that's what it is. I think in my case, it's a, it's almost like a therapeutic thing for me to yeah. talk about it with others. Yeah, it's almost the opposite. It's yeah. like I want to now talk about it. If I notice somebody who has it, I've yeah. had this in a couple of conversations where I would say, "Hey, uh, you know, are you okay if we talk about yeah. this?" And the person was like, "Oh, I'm so glad you asked me." Wow. But, but like, you know, you, you don't want to ever impose on, on like anyone to talk sure. about things that they don't want to, sure. but you want to ask permission. Sure. And then we have this like, you know, half an hour, hour long conversation. There's some emotions right. as part of that. And that person says like, you know, wow, I can't believe that you have gone through this journey that I, I've gone through as well. And that you've been so successful, you know, this thing like we've talked about. Right. You haven't seen all the ups and downs that it takes to get to even there. And then one day I'll probably be back, back down again and still have to fight back. So. Well... Uh, there's a saying like, you know, fall down six times, get up seven. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. Just all you need that's is, it. yeah, that's it. So it, there's there's almost like um, we were talking to somebody else just earlier on and they were talking about just like character building days. <laughs> it's yeah. a character building day. That's I love right. It. So, I like that. Um, so you, you start seeing some success at some point in time. You start seeing some progress. Um, and usually there are like results that we want to get. You know, we talk about being results oriented. You see this all yeah. over resumes. Um I wonder about that. So uh, you having the analytical mind, right? Uh, you, you see progress starting to take place. And you start, you, you're motivated now. You work a little bit harder at it. Did you ever get to a point where you didn't see the progress that you wanted to see? Yeah. Uh, for sure. I remember um, in terms of career okay. and work, uh, I kind of knew when I went to university that I wanted to go into accounting. Okay. So I wanted to be at a big four firm. Uh-huh. And uh, I really would go to all those mixers and do all these different things. And uh, all, you know, so some of my friends were getting into these firms, and I wasn't right away. Okay. Um, so does I it definitely... all come back, the memories? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Really? Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. Okay. Um, In spite of the high grades, the good grades, and all the other stuff. Yeah, and, and so I wondered why, actually. I yeah. wondered why. Um, but what, uh, yeah, kind of going, going back to where you didn't see the progress, that's fine. I sort of got into the accounting firm eventually, and I kept kind of, you know, my head yeah. down. Uh, and then it kind of got to a point where I remember growing up, my parents were like really into volunteering mm-hmm. to the point where we'd be like dragged around to all these different events and yes. like volunteering and doing stuff. And so I feel like I wanted to do that more. Right. So progress, I was measuring a bit differently for myself. It was mm. about purpose and impact, mm. maybe, as opposed to, like, money. Right. When I was 16, I remember, because my wife found this paper that I had written when I was 16, and it had my, like, life goals on it. Really? It was like, make a million by the age of 30. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. Uh, become a professional hockey player. Oh, nice. No, but those two, I, cr- I, I could have made $10 million if I if I had done that. <laughs> and then it was, like, other stuff about... Yeah about, you know, helping, you know, uh, people with education. And there was, mm. and that stuff somehow like drew me to it, right? When I wrote, kind of re- read the paper and I said, that's where I probably didn't feel the impact uh, as much. So when I was working at the big four consulting firm, uh, there, there was an opportunity to go to uh, Egypt and Syria for okay. nine months. Okay. But I would pretty much be foregoing a promotion. Mm-hmm. I would basically be not be paid a salary. Right. And I would have to go. But it was this thing that the consulting firm was offering mm-hmm. you to go partner with like a development mm-hmm. organization and do. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that was where I said, you know, I have to, you know, try this for myself. Okay. And, you know, make this leap, go into the unknown where 
I don't really know Arab, you know, um, Arabic anymore. As right. you know, being in Dubai as a kid, yeah. I learned how to count, count to like ten. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I sort of had to make that leap to be able to, uh, I think, achieve that sense of purpose okay. that I was looking for. Hmm. And so eventually, you start seeing these kind of like uh, you see progress. You see you're getting somewhere. You're 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 playing on a soccer field. You're winning yeah, games. Yeah. You're getting championships, yeah. right? And um, but then there comes now the next phase, right? So like you've gone through all this experience, you feel like okay, now you have what it takes, and then you you start your you you, you leave all of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, before you leave all of that, I mean, a lot of people who start down that path, it's um, it's an interesting you know like sort of future there, right? There's a like, yeah. oh, if you stay here this many years and you, you, you'll get to this and you'll be called to this yeah. um, and you'll get to hang with these kind of people and you'll be seen this way. You obviously knew this. I mean, you worked hard to get into like whatever you called it, the big four, whatever it's called. Yeah. And then what? You worked all this hard <laughs> to get in and, and now what? You don't want it anymore? Like what happened there? The funny thing is that I wanted to travel a lot. Okay. So in consulting, after um, so I, I went to the UK for a year okay. on this forensic investigation, and and there I traveled a lot, like you know, around Europe, uh, and I was just pining for home. Like I huh. I got to the point where I just wanted to be back home. Okay. Uh, I actually met my now wife in the UK, so I can't complain about all the traveling because it kind of got right. me to where we are now with our family, uh, but going back to your question, but like, okay, what happened there? So I left the consulting firm to go to a bank to okay. help build out their anti-money laundering program because okay. I wanted to see the impact of our work in consulting. Okay, What you do is it's like you go in quick, assess, make recommendations, and then you usually leave. Right. If you're staying, it's, it's rare, but you're still leaving after like a year or two. At the bank, right, you're going to stay there for five, seven years, you're going to feel the impact of decisions you're making on like different people of the organization. And that's what I wanted to feel. Okay. Plus, there was no traveling. So I'd be in Toronto. And if you want to plan for a family, you can do that. Sure. Oh. So that's sort of the progression there in corporate. And then it got to like 2019. And I had met my business partner, like now business partner, Ali. Uh, he was also an executive at TD Bank. Okay. This is 2000, and, uh, I think, 18. But we met at like a dance class for our kids. <laughs> okay. He met my wife because they, they were dancing in this class with okay. the, the kids. And then she introduced me to him. The rest is history. We're right. talking about our careers. And I'm telling him how I have this like dream of one day being an entrepreneur. He tells me that's weird. I do too. Huh. We actually grew up in the same neighborhood but never knew each other. Huh. And now we live like five minutes from each other, which is kind of interesting as well. Um uh, but he had left TD. I continued on. And he was not born in Dubai. He was not born oh, okay. in... <laughs> okay, that's Actually, cool. That's all right. That's a good question. I think he was born <laughs> oh, come on. Don't in even... like Tanzania. I, okay. should, I should probably know all that. Right, nice. but, that would be crazy. Uh, yeah, he's from Africa. That, that one would be funny. But uh, yeah, I felt at that point, I was kind of like reflecting on what I want to do in life, Mohammed, and, you know, just the way that I work and, you know, what, what can be You're making achieved. progress. Everything is going well. Yeah, yeah. So everything is going well. So what had happened, and again, things that you don't share with everybody, but, uh-huh. you know, with you somehow. <laughs> so, um, so at TD Bank, there was a reorganization okay. uh, of our department. Okay. And uh, at that time, I was sort of told, look, you know, that role that you're in is no longer available. Okay. But there's going to be other roles that mm. you can apply for an interview for. Mm. So I said, whoa, this is the, f- like, I mean, I had so some failures. Again. 
Yeah, exactly, right? Like, sounds like it. It sounds like, you know, yeah, Your everything's going well. I was, I was promoted uh, pretty quickly into a senior role, and I was being told that I was, again, being groomed for another, you know, senior yeah. role, and then you're like, boom, pulled yeah. from underneath you. So at that point, you realize, I don't control my destiny here. It was something in the back of my mind, mm. and I said, I don't control my destiny here as much as I maybe thought I was. Okay. I had an incredible leader who was my boss, and I learned a ton from him. And right. if I was continuing to work from him, you know, I probably would have just kept working. But he had decided to move on somewhere else as okay. well. And so that was my opportunity. So internally, I interviewed for a couple of different roles. Okay. At the same time, Ali and myself are talking about what's happening in the accounting world, cloud technologies, innovation. Sure. Then we start to adopt some of these and create a bit of a practice around it. Okay. And then we start to take on a couple of clients, small business clients on the side. Okay. And so we're doing that while I'm looking for these other okay. roles because I'm trying to now figure out, should I leave or okay. should I stay? Right. And uh, then we finally picked up enough clients for one of us to leave our jobs. He's got three kids, I've got two. Sure. So we've got to make a decision here. Sure. At the same time, I got an offer to stay Okay. at the bank, right? So you got an offer to stay. Yeah. And you got... This like you gotta make. Yeah. And my wife is like, oh, so you're gonna stay at the bank. Obviously. Ah, like okay. well, it's kind of what you said, right? It's like, well, it's comfortable, you know what the path is. Right. But or you think you know what the path is until you realize that it could be taken away from you. Any moment. So that's when I, you know, I was kind of sharing what I saw in ah. the in the field ah. and and the possibilities. Of course, as you know well, you're taking a, a, a big risk. Yeah. But my father took a big risk coming here, and my risk is nothing compared to his, mm-hmm. right? Like, he came here without Canadian experience mm-hmm. or education, mm-hmm. and he had to build it up. And if his failed, his entire family, would, we'd be on the street pretty much. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, I could go back and get a job if I really wanted to at some point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. being analytical, I guess, is like the floor was much higher for me, mm-hmm. and I could see myself experimenting, trying it out and seeing where I land after two years. Uh, but of course, you have to plan your cash flow and everything else accordingly. But that's how I made the leap. Interesting. And so uh, th- that's not even knowing that when we had talked. Yeah, exactly. Right? So now I'm even more sure that you, like you're, obviously you did it right. You, you, you've, yeah. you've, thought, you've thought it through so well. But then why did you even have any doubts about it to begin with? So now I'm even more perplexed <laughs> that you would even have a doubt about it. When you start your well, business. like you said, you're doing pretty well. Uh, you know, like transparently, you've got a six-figure salary sure. and perks, and you know, it's a nice title. Uh, every month, you see the paycheck come in, and you feel good. Everything's covered. Right. And in a business, you know, because I've been through it. Mm. We've been in the back of the uh, van going to Montreal with our sports cards, hockey cards, baseball cards, sleeping on them on the mat, delivering somewhere. Coming back, because this was like a friend of my dad's and he was a vendor, the next day it's a competitor. Like I've seen the cutthroat nature mm. of business and I've seen the ups and downs too. And so for me, it wasn't as cut and dry because I've gone through some of the, what I might call, although it's probably uh, exaggerating, but like kind of like the traumatic events of entrepreneurship life uh, through my like experiences, right? So here I wanted to see what the economics look like what the macro look like Mm -hmm. and say, okay, you know what? The chances in accounting of not succeeding are like not that high, right? Like you could could do pretty well if you're an honest person, Mm -hmm. if you care about your clients Mm -hmm. and 
you know, you're, you kind of know what you're doing. Um, so you started your business and then the pandemic hits. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, you're, you're like, you're out there, you're putting in the time, like, uh, you're going at it pretty hard. Yeah. Um, it went all according to plan? Oh, no, <laughs> exactly not according to plan. So even the analyst, even the mind, even all of that stuff. We had a, we had window, a whole like, strategic plan. Mm-hmm. Um, my business partner was, uh, you know, we had a plan for him, you know, based on our run rate right. to uh, join the business full time. Yeah. But of course, and we had a whole marketing plan and we're going to go out there, but... Once the pandemic hits, you're not doing any marketing because mm. no one cares about buying from you. All they want to know is or, sw- or to switch or make change because so much change is thrust on you. Right. And so I don't want to change my accountants. That's the last thing I'm thinking about right now. Mm. And so all you ha- I was thinking about th- at that moment was other than replanning our cash flows yeah. was for you know, our par- my uh, partner and I to say, okay, he should stay at his role longer. Uh, and we had some arrangements around that. <laughs> Uh, and then I would continue to service the clients that we had today and just do an awesome job for them. So we basically did way, went like way above and beyond just for them. Mm. And honestly, that was the best thing that could have happened for us because through them is how our business has grown since through you know, word of mouth and one after another. But I had also bought a house like in uh, six months before the pandemic, like mm. right around the time of the re- re- reorganization. And so that's another reason why a job would have been, you know, much better because I had this fixed cost every month that I had to manage. And so now with the pandemic, you know, mm. I had to obviously, you know, it was a simple thing, Mohammed, and I don't even know if it's the right thing, you know, but even a coffee, like I would not buy a Tim Hortons coffee. I said, until I am able to show that I'm at this level mm. in terms of my family being taken care of mm. and things, I'm not going to buy a Tim Hortons coffee. So my wife was like, Okay, you've gone like a month without Tim Hortons coffee. Something's wrong with you because yeah, yeah. you drink this thing every day. So she was like sponsoring my coffees there for a while. You know, that's that's amazing that you talk about that. But like, you have the you have the discipline to 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 first of all pay attention to that and to say that okay, well, no, this is going to be and then it acts as a as a motivator for you as well. So you you've been keeping it real the whole time. But it's interesting you say having a job would have been better. But imagine if you had the job and didn't have this developed to this point, then finding out at that point in time, after you bought the house, expecting to have a regular job that's going to give you everything, yes. then being told, now your position doesn't exist anymore, because that did happen to people. Yes, it to- and so especially, can you imagine? Like, it's so true, especially during the pandemic, it's happened to so right, many people. Right. Uh, so you're so right. Like I think What would some- you have done? What do you do then? What do you do then? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that obviously I would have had a sense of regret in that moment for not having, you know, made that decision. Uh, and then just kind of pick, pick yourself up from there, just like the other times, right? And say, okay, now how do I move forward and find a business opportunity at that point? Do you, do you feel, um, and it's interesting because we've covered so much ground in terms of like where you started from to where you are now. Yeah. Um, like, you know, when you look back, right, at that starting point, what would you change? Is there anything that you would you'd be like, hey, this is what I would change? Yeah. I think... Uh, in terms of circumstances that you faced. Oh, in terms of the actual circumstances? Yeah. Like, what would I have changed? Like, if you, if you, if you were given a choice, hey, um, stammering condition, non-stammering. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Okay, like, I see. It, okay. Do you think that that would have 
oh, I would want everything. What do you Every mean? single experience that I had, no. I would, yeah, I would, I would want it all. Putting your friend betraying you in yeah. that grade 7 class, like, you wouldn't have a memory like that. You wouldn't have the trauma. Yeah, yeah. Well, but that's, you telling that's me you're trauma, good with the trauma? That's the trauma, right, that actually builds us up. It's, uh, I mean, it's so cliche, um, but it's so true. Okay. Like, those are the things. So, I, okay, last, last year in the summer, okay. it was a Saturday. And, you know, uh, I had a client and I had to do a bank reconciliation, okay? Okay. I was off by like five cents. Okay. But I cannot let this thing be off by five cents because okay. I want to reconcile it to the penny. Sure. Because that, that's a control. And I'm like, I'm, it's a beautiful Saturday. My kids and my wife are outside. I should be outside, like, hanging out with them. If you were asking me on a Saturday, yeah, yeah that's where you should be. <laughs> or golfing or something, yeah, right? absolutely. <laughs> Not doing a bank reconciliation Not in your basement. Not doing a bank reconciliation on a Saturday. And, I've, and, and, and you have to remember as well, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have had a team for the last almost 10, 12 years yeah. of people that are doing the work for me. <laughs> this is me doing it on my own. And on a Saturday, after already working 12 hours a day for Monday to Friday, and I call my business partner up to it. I'm like, this is ridiculous, man. Like, uh-huh. what am I doing? Uh-huh. And so you hit this kind of low for uh-huh. yourself. Uh, and then you realize the things you've had to go through in your life mm. to get to the point you're at. You're like, suck it up, man. Mm. This is just one more thing. Look at where you can be one year from now if you achieve this thing. Mm. Because that's what you have done before. Mm. Okay. So all the pain you've gone through. And you've said, if I can survive that, and I can survive this, and I can survive that, what? <laughs> this is like nothing, right? It's five cents. I mean, it, yeah, it's five cents. And so there's other re- like examples of that. Like when the pandemic hits yeah. and you can't do your marketing yeah. and you just find a way through because you're like, but you've done this before. You've seen your father and the struggles they've gone through and how they've been creative and found ways forward. A lot of the inspiration is within yourself to be able to push forward. You don't have to you know, feel sorry or look to others. Just find a way forward yourself. That's what I love about, you know, um, your perspective on this is that you could have chosen to feel sorry for yourself on all of these things. So you never, ever had this sort of feeling of I'm a victim or something's wrong or why me? That's sorry, amazing. Say it, say it, say it again? So like yeah. even while you're going through this, yeah. did you ever have that feeling? Of like I'm a victim? Yeah. Or feeling sorry for yourself? No. I think, I really? think that that That's one amazing. time about like that spy thing, I was like, I felt like I was on the outside. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. I, I always felt like I'm part of something, even yeah. if it's going through an experience. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm in that moment and I'm in that experience, right? So that experience, I have to find a way to leverage that yeah. and make something positive out of it. You remind me of a saying. I love these proverbs. There's one that says, one of my favorites. It says, you know, we rise by lifting others. Yes. And you have when I hear your your recollection or your your reflection is that. You know, you had this condition, and you've referred to it as a problem. I wouldn't call it a problem, but you had this this condition, which actually puts you later on into a into an advantage, but was seen initially perhaps as a disadvantaged position, um, which is also why sometimes I argue about people who say that they're at a disadvantage. That's right. So anyway, that's a whole other thing. But you know, you had this, and instead of just looking at yourself. Even in the midst of that, you looked at others, and it, um, and you were trying to help them, people who had it worse than you. That's amazing, and that by doing that, sort of gave you the relief also yes. to not have to look at your situation sometimes yeah, and, sure. and just focus on that. And by that kind of like you develop your own strength, 
and then you're able to deal with your own. So instead of just dealing with your own condition and trying to find your progress, you're helping others to progress. Then you progress. I think that's an interesting chronology to it all. Yeah, I, I have found that so many times, Mohammed, it's like you just uh, with people, yeah. get to know them. Yeah. And actually, the quality, yeah. the, the stammering quality, um, actually allows you to listen more yeah. because you don't want to speak first. Speaking is not a super enjoyable thing when you've got this thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you stop speaking mm-hmm. and you listen, you ask questions. So you learn how to ask better questions and to listen better to then respond in a very clear and simple way. Although I am verbose a lot, I'm sure my wife will say, but I do... Oh, of course, that, she's your wife. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. But I do, uh, I do notice that about myself but with other people, uh, yeah, like it's just it's just way more enjoyable to like you know build those connections and say, oh, so that's your strength and that's what you like. This other person likes that. Let's see if you guys can connect, or is there a way that we can share experiences? Yeah. No, I love that how it's seen as um, you know some traumatic experiences you look at and wouldn't trade up for any of them because therein lies. And I, I know it sounds cliche, but that's amazing. That you're able to say that because a lot of people while they're in that moment right and going through that sort of experience are really we struggle in those moments to find how what we need to do next right or how we're yeah. going to find our way forward from here and your your route is really really different it's really really interesting you didn't even look at your own problem you're looking at somebody else's while you're there and that got you through that's really interesting um, yeah. what, what else would you what, what would you share with somebody who's, who's going through it or who you've seen has got it maybe worse you know I think uh, a couple of things have really helped me as well uh, reading has probably been one of them there it is again yeah like, like reading I, what like I remember um, like Anne Frank like when you read stuff that people Anne have like, like when people have to go through um, you know like these holocaust camps and what they have to endure, and then I think it was like Viktor Frankl, and you know, it's like just you know, man's ability to hope beyond reason, yeah. um, and where that can take you. And I was like, wow, if you guys can do that, mm-hmm. then I can probably do this. Traveling is the other thing, right? For sure, is you go to Cambodia and you see the prisons that were there and how people were treated, and then you go into you know different countries and you see the beauty of things that people have built, like the pyramids. Uh, and you say, like, people are capable of a lot of evil and of a lot of good. And you really have to, you know, engage with them and find a way to, you know, um, you know maybe influence them in a way positively so that you influence as many people positively as you can because there is a potential for good or for evil in everyone because you've seen this diverse range out there, right? And the other thing, too, is as well, it, like, clash, it, it breaks all these stereotypes for me. Mm. I feel like when you grow up, you grow up with your parents' assumptions and biases. Right. It's like, don't hang out with these people because they are different or right. they might do things to you. And then you grow up, you're like, wow, that was like so many assumptions and biases. Mm. Now when I travel and I see those same people in a, another context doing amazing things, like, okay, that's changed my perspective on people. And now I'm just like all about just trying to get to know people. And it's so much more fun mm. that way when you're more open to that. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah, so what talking to you. You know, I think it's every day we meet people and just off of like circumstance, right? 
We yeah. just happened to be picked by the same guy. What was he thinking? <laughs> right? Right. Uh, so true. It, yeah. Some yeah. other sort of opportunity putting us together on the same team. Um, and it was just, I think, only one year maybe that we, one summer. It was only one summer. And uh, I remember getting back into entrepreneurship. And I, you know, when I saw your name pop up on my LinkedIn feed somehow, and I got in touch and I was like, I am going to meet this guy, right? If there's anybody I'm going to meet, I'm going to meet you. It's very and now we're going to go back to playing soccer again. Yes. Right? Because yes. I'm ready for it. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> I love, love it. that. I love that. <laughs>